0: Yo, what's up? It's your girl Father Long Legs. This is the intro to You Can Tell Me Anything. You guys know what it is. It's the podcast where comedians confess something. They want to get off their chest. Just a couple quick announcements before we get into the episode. I have my Cancel Me Daddy hats up on my store. TeresaLeeComedy.com shop. When I say store, I mean it's a website and I put a link there. But rest assured... The hats have started going out, and people have been tagging me in them, and I love them. Everybody, thank you for the photos. You guys all look so hot. I love it so much. If you got a hat and uh, you want me to share it, tag me in it at Larissa T or at Tell Me Anything Pot. I will gladly share. Everybody looks great. Um, it's a baseball cap, I guess, a dad hat, if you will, that says "Cancel Me, Daddy." Why? Um, why not? And I've also added some new merch, uh, via TeePublic. So if you guys don't know what that is, it is a third-party company, um, and they print uh, designs such as that You Can Tell Me Anything logo, and they're, they have some T-shirts, masks, mugs, notebooks, and that sort of thing. Um, I'm all set up with them. In order to um, get the most out of the experience, go straight to my website, terisaleecomedy.com slash shop, and go down, and I've highlighted some of the items I think – are uh, a little bit um, more that I would buy. I basically told them like you guys can sell the items you want but I'm only gonna feature the ones that I would have. So you can check those out. I made some phone cases that say Big Data Energy and also some masks that say full of secrets. It's, you know, a little nod to Mean Girls, but also this is a podcast about secrets. So I hope you guys enjoy those. As always, if you have comments, feel free to email me, tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com or message me on Instagram or Twitter. You guys know how to find me. And finally, um, even though stand-up's not back yet, I will be doing a live Zoom stand-up show. This is different from Comedy Quarantine. The Comedy Quarantine show I host is on Instagram Live, but I usually host it and rotate with different hosts, and we feature other comedians, all very funny. You should come to that on Instagram. But for once, for the first time, maybe only time, me and the other two producers of Comedy Quarantine Um, Comedian producers Babs Gray and Dominique Jellin will be doing an actual stand-up comedy show on Zoom. So it's still socially distant, we're all in different places, but for once we're all performing material on the same show uh, with a couple surprises um, as well, including some interactive games, uh, the three of us playing together, doing bits, as well as uh, I might do a little pole dance, I don't know. Not gonna strip, okay, but there might be some dancing involved. Got to keep it fun in quarantine, as well as a, uh, a chance to do a after-show hang with us for a, a VIP experience. And hey, if that's not your thing, don't worry about it. We're trying to keep it small. But if that is your thing, the three of us, plus you, plus maybe two other people, I don't know, it might just be you. Uh, but I, we'll read your tarot card, we'll read old diary entries, poems, things like that. We'll have fun. It's going to be interactive. I'm excited for once to be able to hear the audience, because we can't on Instagram live. Um, so if you want to come to that that is on Friday September 25th you can watch it at home on zoom and it's going to be um, you can reserve your ticket for $10 online and that gets you to the show Uh, for $20 you can do the VIP experience and all that will be posted on my Instagram as well as the comedy quarantine Instagram at comedy quarantine so go follow either of those or message me if you have any trouble but I think you guys all know how social media works all right, thank you guys so much. I'm so excited for this episode. Um, I love this guest. Um, she originally is from Chicago, but we met in the Bay Area where she started doing comedy. It's Irene too. Please enjoy. You can tell- father long legs it's me daddy t you know me oh my god i'm so excited to have my guest on today she's laughing very hard at my introduction which is fine okay nobody really calls me that i'm trying to make it work um but my guest i'm so excited because um, she's from the bay area which is where i'm from and she's so so funny put your hands together for irene too
1: Woo! and you're about to start I a podcast my how are you irene yeah, I am about to start a podcast. Um, do you I'm want to good. tell us about? Well, okay,
0: so we often start with a good confession as an icebreaker, which is not like really a confession. It's just like a like a positive thing that you want to say. It could be anything. But do you want to tell us about your podcast? Is that or or?
1: Anything? Um, we've recorded two episodes we might not release the first one we, we <laughs> recorded because i don't know how good that one was um but i don't really want to say that much about it okay. only because i'm afraid that we'll change the format before <laughs> we actually launch it you know what i mean
0: gotcha that makes sense yeah you want to you want to plan out that marketing but that's yeah. that's good um that you're busy and doing projects i feel like it's like I go up and down i mean i feel like this podcast i started before quarantine so it's been easier to keep it afloat but it's been hard to like start anything that had not had wheels going already
1: oh yeah i was fully just laying in bed for a month doing nothing
0: (laughs) which is perfectly acceptable um yeah let's uh okay let's get into it so this podcast is loosely inspired by therapy and obviously Uh, I, as an Asian American woman with parents from Taiwan did not go to therapy until I was an adult. They were very against it. So I was just like, really liked how it felt to be able to get things off my chest. Um, and it's not really a therapy podcast in that we don't have to talk about therapy stuff, but I just like to ask like, what is your experience with therapy? Do you have, like, have you ever gone? Do you like, do you hate it? Do you like it? Um, just a general sort of like what has been your, uh, experience or relationship with it?
1: Um, I don't go to therapy. I've never really gone to therapy. I actually was forced to go to therapy when I was in high school because my parents were separating and my mom was like, you have to go because it's the law. I think she made that up. (laughs) Um, I think she just like wanted me to go because she was like, you know, you know, my parents were getting divorced or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but she told me I had to legally. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you made this up now in hindsight. Um, but I
0: Maybe it's like a... I don't know enough about divorce courts, but I, w- I wonder if it's one of those things like the parent that's doing more. I don't know.
1: I know. I'm pretty sure she just lied about it. Um, <laughs> I've never asked her about it. Maybe she'll listen to this podcast and just pretend that she didn't hear it. Sometimes she like will like check up on me on the internet and Aww. like listen to stuff I've been on, and then we never talk about it. How do you know um, she's
0: checking? My mom does that too. She will message me about tweets every once in a while but oh really
1: but yeah she, sometimes yeah. she'll say something where it's like oh i never said that out loud you must have found it <laughs> on the internet
0: <laughs> that's funny um that i that is surprising to hear because i feel like i don't meet a lot of asian parents that encourage their kids to go to therapy unless they're per- personally in the medical field um what did your mom go herself
1: oh no she didn't go she just made me go she would like drop me off <laughs> and then pick me up and then i hated it because it was like an hour and mm. i refused i didn't want to be there at all i just went because i had to go sure and i think for therapy you have to want to actively participate for it to work Mm -hmm. and i did not want to do that so whenever she would ask me questions i just wouldn't talk Mm. and then she was forced to play they have like therapy games they're kind of like board games that (sighs) they make it's mostly for children sure um to like encourage them to talk so she would attempt to play these games with me Dang. And I still wouldn't say anything. And then after maybe like three times, four times, um, clearly it was not working. So then my mom stopped making me go.
0: Yeah, I've, I heard that a couple of guests have talked about having to go or their first experience being with like having to go for things going on in their life. And yeah, I hear that. It feels almost more like it's an interrogation if you're not actively going because then it's just like you're it's almost like your parents are trying to be like, all right, well, like instead of talking to you, I will ask the therapist.
1: Yeah, what exactly. Also, I feel like I'm just never really that comfortable talking with strangers anyways. And then I'm like, oh, And as a why child, I... too. Yeah, I'm like, what, 14 or something, and I have to talk to this random adult hmm. about my personal issues. I'm like, you don't know me. Like, why would I tell you anything?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's so interesting because I feel like, yeah, I'm very much like now – I there's a lot of like, I've been a bad therapist too. And I, so I, I'm not like a therapist is the Holy grail, but, um, because I had no idea growing up that there was like, like really the realm of mental health was out there. Um, it's been very interesting as adult to navigate that. But oftentimes I'll talk to people who don't go to therapy at all, but are like really active in like, like, you know, meditation or spiritual things or their church community. And there is a lot of crossover in, It's like what you're getting out of it. It's like if you're going in to learn about yourself and uh, actively participate in your community, then it doesn't have to be someone you (laughs) pay too much money for and talk to for 45 minutes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The other thing is, I'm like, I don't want to pay this much money to talk to somebody. So I, yeah, so I currently don't go to therapy and I instead just read a lot of self-help books.
0: (laughs) Ooh, what's give us, what's the latest one you've read?
1: Yeah, and I talk to friends. Um, My favorite one is The Four Agreements.
0: Oh, okay. I feel like I've heard, I've heard, I want to say I've heard like Pete Holmes or someone talk about this, but I'm
1: not. Probably. It's, I think a lot of like artists have read it.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Um, do you find yourself like, are you the type of person who reads a self-help book and that's like the, like the fad for the next bit of time and then you forget about it? Are you like actually, cause you know, when the secret was popular, I feel like everyone's doing it and then they just like dropped it. Are, are you, or do you like, compound the stuff you're learning like are there things from self-help books you're like still implementing right now
1: um I try to sometimes I will forget like the quote-unquote lessons in the book (laughs) and then later I'll like read the book again I'm like oh yeah I'm supposed to do that um but there is like the main thing that I learned from that book was just to not take anything personally Hmm. and now I feel like I get less mad at other people because I'm like oh they're going through their own thing um, do you usually or did you
0: use things very personally
1: um I didn't think I did but I guess like sometimes I'd be like why don't they like me or you know mm. why I want to be friends with this person you know just like thoughts where I was centering it around me but I don't need to do that you know because I feel like they're not nobody's thinking about me they're just <laughs> thinking about their own shit well, it's not that nobody is thinking about you, but yeah, that's
0: interesting. I feel like, that's what, so I, I like self-help books, but I've always been hot and cold with them because my sister loves them and she'll she's, she's kind of the person who will be like all of a sudden doing like art, the artist way, like pages every morning. But um, sometimes I feel like, this is my personal opinion, so I, it's, I don't feel like everyone needs to agree with me, but sometimes I feel like all that energy is taken away from my my own understanding of it and i guess the you bringing up the like nobody is thinking about me makes me think of i've recently come to the conclusion that a lot of times like putting these rules on it makes everything feel so binary because i, I either go i i used to always think this and now i must never think this and now my new thing is like you know sometimes people are thinking about you sometimes they're not and then <laughs> now i go is this a case but you have to build the intuition it takes a while but then you can go is this a case where this person is actively sabotaging me, which does happen? Or is this a case where I'm taking my past uh, preconceptions because I've been hurt and actually nothing in the situation. leads it, Like there's no evidence that it's happening. And I think that's a harder thing to do and I'm not good at it. But uh, that's my one issue with self-help is they often speak from one extreme to the other and then you're like, well, sometimes though, sometimes you do have to call someone on their bullshit
1: so what we're saying is everything is not a binary and there's just so much gray area
0: <laughs> but yes but and no like not gray area as in like if you're in the middle it doesn't matter like i guess i'll use an example because i really went through um a lot of trust issues when i was growing up of like first i was like very codependent with relationships early on like where someone liked me i'm like i feel love so now i would give you everything but then if they didn't like me i'm like well that's your being a dick because I gave you all everything and then later it was the opposite way where it's like, well, I'll give you nothing. I'll put my walls up and, uh, and you've got to break down my walls. And eventually I was like, I think the people that I'm attracting are people who are also like have walls or don't, you know, like not respecting boundaries. Cause if I'm asking someone to knock down my walls actively, then I'm asking for someone who doesn't respect boundaries. But now I'm at a place where I'm like, there are times when I'm, I'm, I like someone and they do violate a boundary and I can test not test but I can call it out and if they don't respect my wants then I can say oh it looks like you didn't respect my boundaries bye-bye versus just going it's all this or all that but but I don't know because then it also does require a bit of like walking away from situations and quote-unquote losing things but I think in the long run you realize all you lost was like a worse breakup later (sighs)
1: I mean, all of that is true. You sound very healthy mentally. To
0: no, reason. I'm very much not. Um, no. <laughs> um, thank you. I think it h- helps to talk through it with other people. But no, I mean, this took 30 years of uh, a lot of mistakes, I will say, uh, that I was actively thinking I was doing the right thing. So I'm sure in 10 years I'll be like, oh, fuck, that was stupid. Um, <laughs> but I guess, yeah, I guess I, my, my little confession, but Irene, that leads me to ask you, is there something you'd like to tell me?
1: um I um found my ex's baby blog recently (laughs) yes in quarantine speaking of you know mistakes and uh boundaries
0: I love this because I I was kind of hoping you would talk about this because you've mentioned it on a show but I wanted to dig into it more
1: that's so funny of course you knew I was going to say this (laughs) what else would I confess
0: um let's get into it okay so how long did you guys date so that like what how serious of an ex was this
1: um this I've only dated a a few people so this is like one of the serious people that I've dated um we dated very on and off for I think like a little bit under two years gotcha but very on and off so say what amount of time that really is
0: but some I think that Sometimes those ones are the ones that have more lasting impressions. And I do the thing where I just stitch it all together. I'm like over the course of three years, probably dated
1: for like, you know, seven months with like three
0: years. it was.
1: (laughs) I really try to like, um, round down instead of round up though. Cause then it feels worse if you round up. Oh, true. So you're on
0: the, I feel like you're on the avoidant. Are you on the avoidant end when you're in relationships? Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, it was maybe like a year. <laughs> How long ago did you guys break up? Um, Three years ago. Okay, enough time to have a baby and write a blog about it. Um, for...
1: Oh, yeah, she was trying to have this baby right after we broke up, apparently. Oh, wow. I read the blog.
0: Oh, okay, so there's a I sense a little vindictiveness in, in this um, tone. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, X can mean a lot of things, generally speaking, I feel like it's in the past and it's over but like was are you are you guys friends Do you guys talk at all does she like how did it end poorly who broke up with oh you? we're
1: we're not friends we it ended very poorly um <laughs> a lot of it was not good um i blocked her on everything mm-hmm. and i really had to find this blog Wow. you know um no i didn't know that it existed i'm just saying like oh. the way i found it might be a little suspect, okay. you know what I mean?
0: When was you're this like, quarantine uh,
1: Yeah, this was, cor- this was detective? like okay. in the middle of quarantine when you're just like, I have 24 hours a day that I need to burn and I'm only talking to myself because we couldn't leave the house. You know, this was like in the middle when everyone was like, we literally are not allowed to leave our house. Like we will get it. If we step outside, we will get COVID. <laughs>
0: I understand that. I look through when I can't sleep. Sometimes I'll dig through old diary entries and just cry. But um, for fun, you know, I, I know that doesn't sound <laughs> fun. fun, but <laughs> it's like reading an old book or watching an old movie. You already know the ending to
1: like, I turned out fine. But this period of my life was sad. Can I tell you a side confession? Yeah. Since you just said that I have not kept a diary ever <gasps> because of my paranoia that one day somebody would discover it and read it.
0: I mean, I feel like that's why I keep a diary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like, I don't want people to know who I liked when I was like twelve, you know.
0: Um, I, but then you do stand ups so, like, but, but you don't talk about as much. Well, you do talk about personal stuff in stand. I feel like I definitely. I do. Um, you, you're probably you're probably less of an oversharer than I am, but um, why does that feel different if you're like on a stage? Is it more like impersonal because you it's controlled?
1: You know, I don't know what it is. I've always had an issue with writing, um, which is ironic, again, because I do Mm stand-up, but, like, the act of writing, and I've been trying really hard in quarantine to just sit down and, like, write just everything and anything that I'm feeling, but I don't know why, since I was a kid, I just had a really hard time expressing my emotions on paper because of my fear that somebody else would read it and think that, A, I was crazy, and, Mm -hmm. B, more importantly, that I was a bad writer, so then you are a true writer if that's what you're worried about. Um. I'm like so afraid that someone would like read this and be like, Are you five?
0: Uh, like,
1: this is horrible.
0: I, oh, that's so funny because I also write a lot of terrible things, but there's a part of me that loves going back to like very like years ago versions of me and reading bad writing. And I, I almost, um, I almost think it's safer to like put like push the feeling away so I don't have to deal with it now and then when I go back I'm like oh this is truthful but it's not me anymore so I can then look at it it's probably not that healthy because I should process process it at some point but I'll go back and look at stuff to be like look at this like so funny but it's like oh she sounds like she was in pain <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like okay for me to share it at that point because then it's like hey check out my 15 year old self being so sad it's like well I'm not there anymore
1: yeah that's true so i am trying really hard to do that i think it's just also stemmed from the fact that english is actually not my first language and most people don't know that um yeah so i spoke mandarin till i was like five i was very fluent mandarin then i learned english and now i'm just like okay at mandarin
0: me too well i didn't i um english wasn't my first language but i did grow up here so my uh as soon as i went to like kindergarten i learn English and then very quickly, you know, that filled up my brain.
1: Did you go to a Chinese school? Exactly. Oh my God. I did. I, now I forgot that <sighs> I had to go to Chinese school every Saturday. Me too. Wait, we're both in the Bay. Which one did you go to? No, I'm from Chicago. Oh, that's right.
0: Duh. but you live in the, okay. I went to various, yeah, uh, uh, Chinese school, which was in San Jose at like Memorial middle school. But, uh, it was like a whole thing. There was like a district of Cha because the Bay area has a lot of, um, uh Asian Americans so there's like a whole district where they would have like competitions like district competitions sometimes at the end of the year for like you know calligraphy and like all the Chinese arts events and abacus I had to go to an abacus one thing once I hated it
1: <laughs> yeah we it, ours was not that serious we just <laughs> like went to go learn how to read and write Chinese but <laughs> I hated it so I barely studied
0: did you move um to chicago or you were born here or you just didn't learn Chinese or english till you got to school
1: um so i would uh so i was born in the states and then i grew up in chicago but i didn't learn english till later mostly because like my family like they don't know english Mm -hmm. that well i mean my mom's pretty good now but you know at the time they were also learning english while i was learning english you know
0: were you like did they tell you like oh when you go to school you'll um have to learn or was it a shock to just suddenly go from everybody speaks and understands me to nobody understands me
1: um I don't really remember much except I mean I knew I didn't know English because my very first memory of school was I was in well two two memories one I was in preschool I didn't know English and I just learned how to tie my shoes because I was like staring at the person next to me during nap time and they were tying their shoes so I learned how to make the bunny ears oh yeah, that's cute, right? But then the other memory was when I was in kindergarten. Um, yeah, it was kindergarten. Uh, the very first day of school, I didn't know where the bathroom was and I had to pee. So I went up to the teacher and I kept asking, Where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? But in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And then she was staring at me because she didn't know what I wanted. And then I had to hold it the entire Aww, day. That's and then I sad. ran home from school and I peed. And then the next day, my mom liked asked the teacher and showed me what the bathroom was but that's like how much i didn't know english i couldn't say a single word
0: yeah wow i mean i imagine that like because you're saying like how it's expressing yourself there's like these like walls i mean i don't know like exactly that we'd have to we'd have to dig in more but um we don't have to today but i i'm sure there are some connections but your bathroom thing is interesting because i i've shared this on this pod before but i um i was taught like three phrases when i first got to school my mom was like she she purposely didn't teach us English because she knew we would learn it and she wanted us to have foundation of Chinese, but she taught us like a couple things like the bathroom. But she didn't teach. She taught us like I have to go to the bathroom, I think I'm hungry. I can't remember the other. But but I didn't notice I'm thirsty and I wanted to drink water, and I couldn't uh, say it. But I said I'm hungry for water, and then um, the kid laughed at me. <laughs> so sort of oh. different, but I feel like there. That I'm, that must be like a uh, like a memory that maybe a lot of uh, English ESL kids who grew up here have like the first time you ha- had to communicate with people in a school okay. environment. There's like a little bit of shame, even though there shouldn't be. But I think I think children understand like it's nothing to be ashamed of, but you feel immediately like embarrassed. Like, well, why don't I know this thing? And everyone does
1: yeah exactly well i mean i think that's why i have such a hard time writing too because i had to like learn how to read and write in first grade like kindergarten first grade i had to like catch up to everybody else Mm. and then like by the time i was in like third or fourth grade i was reading it like above my grade level so it was fine but in the back of my head i have this imposter syndrome where Uh i'm like do i even know english at all
0: (laughs) i mean a lot of native speakers don't know english at all so I think it's fine. I think that's why I, I like um, comedy and po- I mean, I I don't really share my poetry, but it is. I do enjoy writing it. And I think there's something abstract that it doesn't have. to. It just gets the feeling and the words out to me that is like technically incorrect, but correct for how I feel. And it comes from that like, oh, I didn't foundationally understand the language, which.
1: Well, yeah, that's like why I like stand up is because even if it's not poetic mm-hmm. or you know there's not any similes or metaphors like if you can get the joke across like you're like oh i did it like they get what i'm saying
0: yeah you're communicating more information than meets the eye which is how you maybe how you feel or how you a complex feeling about a situation right
1: yeah and also
0: i just want people to like me (laughs) okay so then let's go back to this blog thing so oh yeah so you were reaching out to her i imagine in a lonely time of quarantine
1: were you oh, hope- I did not reach out. Oh, you were looking for her. But what you were hoping. No, I was not looking for her. I just <laughs> had a dream okay, about okay. her, oh, which I never have. And I just was like, oh, that's weird that she like popped up in my dream. It wasn't mm. like bad or anything. It just was like, she just like happened to make like a cameo in my dream. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> weird. And then I was like, oh, I wonder what she's doing. Because we have not spoken like since we broke up. I don't know what she's doing. I also don't care, honestly. Did you break up with her or did she break up with you? I mean, technically she broke up with me, but
0: Mm, I also didn't want to be there. Gotcha.
1: So, I mean, we, again, on and off the whole time. (laughs) Okay. So I was just like, oh, I wonder what she's doing. And then, you know, I'm awake at 2 or 3 a.m. every (laughs) night now, basically, because the world is ending. Uh Uh-huh. And then I was like, okay, let me just do some Google searching. And then somehow stumbled across this blog and I was like, what is this? Oh, okay. And then I clicked on it and then I skimmed the whole thing.
0: Hmm. Did you control F your name?
1: <laughs> I did not control F my name, but I did read the whole thing to see if I was mentioned in this blog. That's the only reason I skimmed it.
0: Uh-huh. Um, and were you mentioned in the blog?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. There was, uh, there was something about me, what? which I did not find flattering and <laughs> I was annoyed at, but were you
0: I hoping didn't... to, I'm curious about what you were hoping to, cause it sounds like, you know, you guys weren't talking and it ended on a, in like a closure sort of situation. And I, I totally get being like, Oh, I'm curious what they're up to. What were you going into this, like hoping to see anything or not at all? Or like, what, like, did you have any expectations? Like, Oh, I wonder if she's still thinking about me or what was, what was the, like, what were you looking for going in?
1: Honestly, I don't know. Cause like no part of me was like, Oh, I'm going to reach out and talk to her. <laughs> and I just like, I have like no feeling, like I don't care, mm-hmm. but I just was, like, so curious when I saw it, and I was like, I wonder, because while we were dating, too, she has always wanted to have a baby, mm-hmm. and I did not. Also, mm-hmm. I was very young, so I was like, I, like, just graduated, so <laughs> I don't want to have a baby. Um, so then when I saw this baby, like, I was like, oh, wow, she went through with it. And then I just like wanted to know what happened. But I don't know. I feel like what is, what's the reason any of us check up on our exes, you know, just to make sure they're a little bit unwell.
0: <laughs> this is interesting because I've gone through many different phases. Like I for sure for a long time was the person who like every day was checking on exes. And then in order to not check on the one that I cared about would check on the others to distract myself, like <laughs> bad, unhealthy patterns like that. Yeah,
1: it might have been that too.
0: <laughs> but I'm not, I, I don't do that as much now um, because, well, for one, I feel like most of them are married. and uh, But then also I've done, <laughs> I've done the, I, I now have, uh, I guess, gotten the thing that I, I guess the missing part that I thought I needed from them, from myself. But I'll say this is very new. This is like quarantine me. Um, so who knows if it'll last when I'm out. But I do, um, I do, I did used to like, want people to check on me. So it's kind of interesting because you're saying in a way like the way you like don't want to write down things, but I want to write down things and I'm insecure attachment, but more um, on the needy side. And it sounded like you're maybe more the pulling back or waiting for them to uh, get the hint. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's an accurate read, but it, it seems like maybe like you, you wouldn't bring up something's wrong right? you kind of like hope that they'll, you'll like just act that way until they, end it for you or are you the kind of person to be like hey
1: what's going on like why are you oh not- you mean like for breakups yeah or no. just in
0: general like communication and relationships are you uh, non-confrontational
1: you know I'm trying to get better at communication I was really bad at it which is why none of my relationships worked out for the before I haven't dated anybody since <laughs> we broke up um, because I was working on myself but yeah before I just like I I am very non-confrontational. I don't like to start shit. Um, Probably because my parents were always fighting. And I'm like, I don't want to like, I don't like fighting. You know, it's just like that always is like, I guess, triggering for me or whatever. So I'm just like, let's just not talk about it.
0: Well, do you get scared Um, if you bring something up that it will be an unexpected reaction? Like someone will get mad at you?
1: I mean, I guess. Yeah, I just, I guess I don't really like people being mad at me (laughs) I
0: I, when you say that way I'm like nobody does but no I mean I I, this isn't meant to be leading I'm just curious because it's I feel like uh in a way like it's interesting because you and I have some similar foundational experiences but then uh kind of like the opposite uh development or the opposite coping mechanisms because um but and I also saying this to say that you could give yourself more credit for you saying like your non-confrontational is not the reason the relationship ended like that usually takes two to tango. So in a situation like that, it might be true that you felt, Oh, I should have said something, but you didn't. But at the same time, that tension was probably there and your partner may have also been like, Oh, I need Irene to say something, but she's not. So I'm also going to be a stalwart and do nothing. And on their end, they're also resisting. Like that's, I think the hardest part, cause I used to be like so needy that I'd pulled too far back. But now I just go, I'm needy, but what I'm scared of is I won't get what I need if I ask for it. But if that's true, then I, this is a bad relationship, which is the hard part. But now I'll just be like, here's how I am. Here's what I need. Um, if you're the avoidant type, I'm just going to be like, I sense this. Is it true? And get it out of them. And if they can't do that, then I'm like, it seems like we might not be the best match.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm trying to do more of that. Um, but yeah, I think maybe at the time also I was like in denial slash did not want to break up with people if it wasn't working out. I'm just like, cause I, I really hate change. Mm. So in a way it's like, if I don't talk about it, nothing's going to change. Even if it's
0: bad. It's so interesting. I don't think you're alone in feeling that I, uh, very much have been in situations where I'm like, I'll have two realities almost like. A, a reality where the relationship's good and a reality where the relationship's bad, but I want it to be good. So every, as long as it is still good, I'll just like kind of be like, well, all that bad stuff didn't happen as long as there's a happy ending. But in reality, right. it's like, well, you can't really like, it you didn't happen. have that. You can yeah, choose to work. accept it and be like, I accept this 70% relationship because I like the 30%, but it's different if you're like, well, I'm just going to pretend the 70% didn't happen. Right. Right. <laughs> um, do you, okay, man, I want to ask, well, okay, so, like, I'm curious about, I'm more curious about the going back and looking at it versus the actual relationship, because I think that's what's interesting, like, we all can relate to, like, wanting to check up on our exes, even if it's not because it, you're not over, it. it's not because you're still pining, but there is a sort of, like, you put yourself into a relationship, and you do kind of learn about yourself in a way when you check on the people you were with, whether they changed or not, or, like, what you saw about liked about them or if you still like them so did you in looking at this have any revelations about yourself or like uh learn anything about like how you view that part of your life
1: um i mean it was kind of nice because i didn't i mean i didn't cry i didn't like i had like no huge emotions about it i just was like wow i can't believe i did that (laughs) like i a part of me it like now is just like why did we ever date you know like <laughs> this is crazy like that i did this
0: huh.
1: insane which is nice you know that's like closure for me i'm like oh yeah. i'm over this part of my life um but the other part of me while i was reading it was like wow i must be a little bit insane because i found this blog and i'm reading it
0: <laughs> but she's writing it and including stuff about you so i think it's a two-way street
1: yeah well, that's the thing. Is like, oh, I. This is like my fear: is someone will find my version of that and they'll read it without my knowledge.
0: What? But I'm the so one who's doing that. Scary about that. I'm just curious. What? What? Like, what? What is? Why is that scary to you if someone finds how you feel for real? About um,
1: that? I don't get very close to people at all. You know this probably, right, <laughs> Teresa? I mean, I'm talking to you on this podcast and confessing everything, so we must be very <laughs> close. But. Normally, like, I'm very, I'm, like, friends with a lot of people or, like, I don't know if people would call me friendly necessarily because I kind of have an RBF thing going on. (sighs) But I, like, get along with most people. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, I can get along with pretty much anybody. But not a lot of people, like, really know me. Mm -hmm. And I'm always afraid that if, like, someone really knows me that they don't want to be friends with me. So... It's the dilemma
0: of, and I think it's common amongst a lot of like performers or um, artists is like mm-hmm. you want to truly be seen, but you're, you have to do it in a control way because if you, if you really are seen and people don't like it, then they're saying no to the, your core, but to accidentally be seen and someone loves it is like the best feeling. Cause you're like, Oh, I didn't mean to show that to you, but you like it. Okay,
1: great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think people fall in love with you as a performer mm. and that's how they know you right but that's that's not really you like sure like i talk about real things on stage but it's like my persona it's not really mm-hmm. me it's my like stage irene
0: well i would argue it's a part of you but it's not the full picture because it's like um it's the part of you that's edited like you've been able to rewrite the jokes you have created the best possible uh entertainment value version of you which because it's not you're not there like the value of performing is not they're they're not going there to make a friend even though that is part of the illusion they're going there to be entertained so like they're not like you're not lying to them but it is an easy thing to fall into like the deception of like oh i know this person it's like well yeah no because if you knew this person you would do an eight-hour road trip with me and I don't want to do that with everyone who comes to my shows not because I don't like them I just don't know them like I I don't know if that would be fun that's a very big question mark for me yeah exactly
1: (laughs) also for me it's like really hard because I tend to not be attracted to the type of person that would come up to me after a show (laughs) isn't that weird Interesting. Um, I feel like okay, because when I talk to
0: you, I feel like a lot of male comedians they like do comedy to try to talk to people. I've never viewed comedy that way. Um, me neither. I know that some people, some women do, and I, I would say I get more women who come up to me after shows than men. So I could see how, it, yeah, if you can put yourself in the in your dating profile version on stage, then yeah, maybe. But like that isn't the goal for me either. So. Yeah, I, I, I kind of see what you're saying. Because, like, my, my onstage presence is trying to tell stories and do whatever. I I often do probably wouldn't date the version of my... Like, I think that's... I'm putting the wrong vibes out uh, on stage. Like, I'm, like, talking about how crazy I am. <laughs> Whereas I feel like if I was trying to talk to people after shows, I'd be like, I'm
1: just like a big little baby and I'm a little sexy baby.
0: Like, <laughs> whatever, what you know. It's happening. Well, you know, like... The, <laughs> i don't know like i'm just (laughs) i'm just trying to put on a persona that is totally not me uh not that i am as that's my dating profile you know what i mean like i feel like a lot of times the dating profile version of you is like i'm a
1: hapless baby is that not i think no (laughs) that's that's what i don't want though I don't want people to view me as a helpless baby. But I, I don't want that. That's what I'm oh. saying No, I'm saying oh, that I that's I not you want that.
0: Okay. Okay. I have to back up a couple of paces because I realize I'm really bringing in bi culture in here and I think the dating sites are very different uh, in different different depending on what you're looking for. But on my on stage I feel like I'm fully me. Like I'm me with opinions, I'm loud, I'm annoying. But on dating profiles I feel like I have to try to put out like the attractive features first. So I don't, Okay, I don't do baby voice, but that was like a caricaturization of like, I oftentimes I feel like, uh, cause I date both men and women and I feel like there's a little bit more of like a playing into this, like, Oh, come take care of me vibe on oh, dating apps. I but I don't do that on stage, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: No, you don't do that on stage.
0: Yeah. But, but yeah, no, yeah, that, (laughs) that's what I meant by, I was trying to do a character that was like, what would be the dating app version?
1: (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I know. While you were doing it, I was like, I'm throwing up right now. (laughs) I was like, is this what dating is? Because I do not want to do it. (laughs) That's so funny. But I don't know if you would want to date people.
0: I mean, gosh, because I feel like it's like, not that I wouldn't date people who met me on a show, but they would have to actually get to know me first. So it's like, right, right. It's not it's not like that's not why you do comedy anyways is it like
1: i guess like the uh, because i have dated people that met me through comedy or they Mm -hmm. saw me on stage before like we actually got to know each other um but i don't want to date someone that's like fawning Mm. over me you know like i don't want you to be like obsessed with me or like my comedy i would rather you think it's cool i do comedy and like you're like oh (laughs) some of your jokes are funny i do not want to be your favorite comedian
0: Mm true because it's almost like if they decided you're their favorite comedian they already decide they know you but like part of dating is getting to know someone so then you don't get any leeway to have different reactions than their expectations
1: well yeah because then they expect these things and i'm like oh i'm gonna disappoint you like you're gonna <laughs> see the other side of me and then i then it kind of ruins the illusion if someone's like you're my favorite comedian i want to date you and i'm like well here's the ugly part <laughs> but and ha- then i will no longer be your favorite comedian have you ever just
0: for like um the sake of dissecting this have like that's a fear that i relate to and a lot of people have but has that happened before where you feel like oh i'll let you in and then they you feel like they didn't accept who you truly were or is it more of a like just a built-in fear that you won't even let someone get there
1: um and maybe a little bit of both my very first girlfriend I had such an intense fear that if she really knew me that she would not like me so then I would like say things or do things that kind of you know was basically I would be like do you really like me like I really mm. questioned it the whole time and I think that was very off-putting hmm. which it totally is and I get it um so I've been trying not to do that
0: that's interesting because I mean that is I've been on the other end of people saying that like To me, and I used to get really, but this is also my pattern's unhealthy because then I'm like, I need, like, it's like codependent where I'm like, why do I need them to let me in? Like, I should accept that that's who they are, someone who has walls and it'll take time. But I feel like in past relationships, in my early 20s, a lot of times I was, like, sensing the walls and feeling like if the more they let down, the more they actually liked me. And hearing it from your side, it's like, it seems like, you're not necessarily letting down walls because you like them more. You're just getting more comfortable with yourself. So it's like on both sides, there's a little bit of an illusion happening. Like I'm thinking, oh, love is when they let down their walls, but they like me the same amount, yes or no, but the walls are just there to protect themselves, not how they feel like me.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's more about like me than Mm -hmm. you. We were the people dating in this situation
0: yeah that's so i mean man it seems more obvious than when we talk about it now but if i honestly as a 22 year old you could not get that through to my head like
1: oh yeah no me neither <laughs> I, I mean i questioned every single person i'm dated i was like do you actually like me either out loud or in my brain um And then it's just like, oh, I could have just accepted that they did like me, even though I think that a lot of things that I do are insane or like weird, you know, or need to be worked out. But that's just a me thing. Like that doesn't mean they don't like me.
0: And they could like those things. And they also I feel like this is a scary part that I'm not good with yet, but I think hopefully I'll get to is what I'm. The idea of love is that you don't have to, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like you could love someone and not like parts of them, but not like you don't like them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I love my dog. I mean, I'm going to use a dog. I know we shouldn't compare animals to humans, but to me, he's the purest form of love I have because he, without me, he would die. And I don't know if that's true. Well, okay, okay, true. But right now, like without me, like right now I'm his only caretaker. So there's like a sense of like, I have to love this dog unconditionally, whether I'm mad at him or not. And it's taught me a lot about... Because um, my patterns growing up with my parents, not to their fault, but, you know, Asian parents show their love differently, uh, you feel it's conditional. So with my dog, I feel like there are days where I'm like, I don't like that he's doing this, and I, but I'm going to work with him on this training thing or this, and he's still going to get to eat and walk and everything normally. Like, it's not, it, it's not going to affect his routine because I'm mad at him for, you know pooping in I don't know on my floor or whatever um which sounds dumb but I feel like in human relationships that didn't make sense to me like I would think oh this person's mad at me because yesterday I couldn't hang out so now I need to like do something to get back to where we were but that's not how you view your um I don't know like your friendships well I don't know is it might be but that's to me I'm like oh I never understood that it's not like a bar of love that goes up and down you just like someone or you don't
1: Right. I mean, if you're, again, in a healthy relationship, <laughs> if you're in an unhealthy relationship, it is exactly like that.
0: Yeah, but it goes both ways, too. So I think um, you don't need to be too hard on yourself. I think what your instincts are now are seem right. Like you're looking at your patterns, but it's but I wouldn't put all the blame on like it's not that things didn't work out because it was all on you. Like that person. Oh, probably, yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Um, but in a way she had that baby and you didn't want the baby so it almost might it's like the perfect uh example of like you all the choices you made were probably right because like imagine if you had kept going you might have a baby i
1: mean again technically she broke up with me but i didn't want it <laughs> to keep going so we we both made good choices she had this baby that she wanted to have and i don't have a baby now but you're doing comedy which is what you want to do I mean, I was doing comedy the whole time, yeah. True, but
0: a that. baby probably would have at least taken some time away from that.
1: Okay, again, if there <laughs> was a baby, I would have left. You would. <laughs> I'm sorry, whoever's listening. Was she going to have the baby break.
0: whether or not you agreed to it?
1: I don't know. I think so. But I i mean, I, but I was upfront from the beginning. I said, I don't want a baby. like, th- no part of me wants a baby. So it's not like <laughs> we agreed to have a baby and then I leave. Okay. Yeah. I'm not like that person. Mm-hmm. I just was like, I don't want a baby. I'm like 23. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want a baby. I want to do comedy.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean. Sounds like you're, you're exactly where you want to be. So that's good. Um, Man, I now I'm like thinking about all all the time, like because I don't check out my, my exes anymore. I'm like, damn, I can't imagine waking up. Like I used to wake up and check on them. I'm like, I don't know what I needed there, but it was definitely, I was definitely putting my energy into not doing anything about looking within.
1: <laughs> well, most of the time I don't check. I think I just got to this point in quarantine where I was like, I was just losing it. And I was like, yeah. okay, I'll check. But I really like almost never check. That's perfectly like,
0: normal. You had a funny yeah. joke when you talked about it on um, uh, you and Andrew's show about how like if nobody's reached out to you by now.
1: like Oh, you've never been in love? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. Every, everyone's been checked out by, on by their exes. You got it. Because it's like we're all like we might die and we want to check in about people that we used to or still care about.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the most caring thing for me to do is to just uh, 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 let things lie. But I did, I will
1: say one of my
0: exes who was just like an early 20s ex who wasn't, com- like, I I think if I didn't have to ever see this person again, I'd probably like let it lie. But one of those things where I was like, eh, you know, we were all messed up in our 20s. And so, and now he's married and I know them both. And for like, we don't talk very much, but um, during quarantine, I texted her on her birthday because... She's a friend of mine, and I, but I texted them both because I, I was like, they're going to think it's... This. I don't want anybody reading into any of this, so I was just like, I'll just text them both and say, happy birthday, you're both on this, because like, you're one person now. And uh, <laughs> that was, that was as much talking to any ex. I've done this.
1: Well, that's good. Well, actually, I that's mean, a
0: lie. I ran into an ex at a protest, but she was like someone I went on like four dates with and didn't get in a relationship with because I wasn't in a place to be. In that one.
1: was the gayest sentence you said, by the way. <laughs> I ran into an ex at a protest. <laughs> she, I, like two or three different ones because she the first couple times she saw me and said did you
0: you were there and I was like I was why didn't you say hi and then the second time she's like you're across but she she didn't say hi because she wasn't sure and the second I was like say hi next time and the second time she's like you're not gonna believe me but I saw you from across the street walking in (laughs) and then so we were texting for a bit but then um well this didn't end well and not in a bad way like I broke things off because I liked her but I like last year I was just doing a lot of trauma therapy and I was just like I, once I know it's not gonna be serious, I don't want it to be casual. That's where it was, like I liked her enough to keep seeing her, but not enough to like, like I wasn't in a place to like commit to anything. I told her that, but she uh, didn't believe me, which is fine, but I don't, I don't need her to believe me, but she got a little upset. So then when we did start talking, she apologized. But then we started talking as friends, and then she was like, oh, we should meet up or do a social distance hang. And then I said, sure, i would be great as friends, cause I wanted to be super clear uh this time and then she said oh I didn't mean as friends but thank you for clearing that up and she wasn't mad oh I don't think she was so to me that
1: was like oh we both grew I think like (laughs) oh yeah totally that sounded like a great adult mature conversation and that seemed like it worked out but in the moment I, I could catch myself feeling like oh
0: is it gonna be weird if I say this friends thing because what if she did mean that and now she's gonna think I assume she liked me so there was a bit of this like moment of like I don't want heard a thing like it's going to be embarrassing if she's like yeah that's what i thought like did you think like and then i thought maybe i'll just uh say nothing and then if it does come out later i'll be like oh i didn't know but the fact that i even had this conversation in my head i was like you know what i'll just take the bullet here and be the one to be embarrassed if i've misread and that will clear up any weirdness um so that made me look back on a lot of past relationships and go there was probably a lot more clearing up that could have been done early on
1: (laughs) I think that's a lot. I mean, that's like most failed relationships. You're like, oh, we we could have been more clear about what we wanted or what we definitely didn't want.
0: Well, I feel like it sounds like you're definitely in a healthy place now to be talking about all this. And I I think it's okay to still be in a place to sometimes want to give into those urges and then talk about it later, which seems like what you're doing, because. I mean, it might sound like I have a lot of things to say about this, but I'm clearly also making many mistakes all the time. So I don't think you have to feel ashamed about that. As long as you're I mean, growing in your own life.
1: I feel good about it. I'm just like, she's probably going to find out that I spit talk the The, oh, by the way, the baby blog, it's down now. Somebody. Oh, told her. okay.
0: So some, you think she knows, you yeah. gotta take it down. <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like we're getting to the end of this. Is there anything I know you didn't, you're, she you don't know for sure if she knows you or looking at her blog and um you're not you don't want her to read anything about yours but if like into the ether, something you want to get out there like is there any do you have full closure is there anything you want to say like uh, upon your new information of finding this blog that you feel like you want to add as like a little you know tag epilogue to to you and this ex's story
1: um Just don't fuck up the baby.
0: <laughs> how is this? Is this a good blog? Like how is she as a writer? What would you recommend us read it? No, I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, um, no comments. <laughs> I cannot Damn. divulge more information about this blog. It's funny because I, I skimmed.
0: You said this and I'm going to c- do a confession in light of, uh, put, taking the heat off you. But my, my boyfriend now, actually, I don't know if I have fully told him this. I feel like he knows though, cause I've sort of joked about this. And he knows who I am and knows that I would 100% do this. But when we weren't official, he was, and we weren't like, it wasn't like shady, like he was seeing other people. But he would hang out with one of his exes that was, they were friends now, but it bugged me. And I got curious because one night he said they were hanging out. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. But I looked up, I looked her up and I found her, like, I found her like old acting videos and her Tumblr. And I like went back and read like poetry. And I was like, Sam, I for sure know her better than he does now. Like, there's no a hundred, <laughs> absolutely no way he read her Tumblr poetry. There's just no way. Like, if he did, I would be concerned. I would be like, you should be with this person. Like, if if a man has read your Tumblr poetry from like 2017, just just marry that person. I mean, like, truly, I don't even really want to read my own Tumblr poetry. So, it's like
1: I'm like, I'm cracking up. I'm trying not to like laugh into the mic, but I'm dying. <laughs> It is so tough. if a man reads your Tumblr poetry, just marry him. <laughs>
0: but also, I was like, I don't want him to because that would mean their relationship is more serious than I thought. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but hopefully that takes some heat off you. For, I don't think no, what you that did. Makes that makes me
1: feel better because when I because when I found this blog and I was like telling a couple of my friends, I'm like, oh, I read my ex's blog. Everyone's jaw dropped. They're like, what? And I was like. <laughs> Oh, am I the only person that occasionally tries to, like, find some stuff on the internet? Like, I felt like I was crazy. But then now that you've said that, I'm like, oh, we're all doing this, and we're just not admitting it.
0: Yeah, people just don't want to admit it. If the more the more skeptical they look to you, the, the shadier they are, is what I say. Um, so, yeah, I'm really glad you shared that. Uh, I feel like, okay, I usually have a game at the end, but um, lately I've been doing this because of the world ending um, it's a more open ended one that I like to ask um, which is just if you could create your own like society like it doesn't you don't have to put a label like capitalism or communism or whatever on it but just three rules that everyone has to follow but without magic so no like no magic is involved but what would be like it doesn't have to be government related too. it could be like everybody has to eat ice cream every day but um,
1: okay well rule number one is no rape That's a good rule Thank you. Uh, I feel like that would solve a lot of issues. Um, rule number. Two, that is a rule
0: we have, though. No, but um, I know, yeah, but, like, but it would be more focused. I yeah, guess for sure.
1: There <laughs> would be. I don't know. I know there's no No, no, magic, I like that rule. I just I su- I no thought rape, out loud. Okay? okay, stop raping people. God, uh-huh. makes me so mad. Um, rule number two is. Um. You can be a millionaire, but you can't be a billionaire. That's a good rule. Yeah. Limits. Yeah, uh-huh. limits. Um, I love rules, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Are you a Virgo? Number... What? Are you a Virgo? No, I'm oh. not a Virgo. Sorry,
0: you said that so upset. I'm sorry. I'm a Virgo moon. I didn't mean that in a mean way, but like Virgos like rules.
1: Oh, no, I'm an Aries. Ooh. I don't know what that means. I like Aries. Thank you. Um, rule number three is, um, I guess, I guess I don't know what rule number three would be. Um, I guess rule number three is I would have to be in charge.
0: Okay. Dictator Irene. Yeah. Okay.
1: Again, I am a benevolent dictator.
0: I could go with that. Sure. I mean, yeah. as someone who knows you, I'd sign up as someone who doesn't know you, I'd have to do a little research and then I'd probably sign right. up. So
1: Right, right, <laughs> I just feel like. The, like, everyone who ever runs for, like, office, you know, for, like, public office, I think you have to be a little bit unwell to want to do that.
0: Yeah, I see what you... Well, yes and no. There has to be something that you're missing. Because if everything's great and you are don't need anything, there's not Like, by definition, you would not go out seeking fulfillment, especially not in a very difficult task as winning, like,
1: you know, a leadership
0: role. So something has to be missing. It doesn't have to be necessarily bad, but, uh, that's
1: true. It doesn't have to be bad, but there is something missing. And I, I hate inefficiency Mm. and I hate injustice and I would love to just fix everything that's wrong, but there's no part of me that ever wants to run for office. (laughs) So if we had this magical world, I would just be a benevolent dictator and fix all our problems. I like that. Almost like makes me think that there's like
0: some sci-fi version of a society where it's like anonymous dictators because it's like, well, they're in charge, but there's no there is power, but there's no power because it's like,
1: yeah, there's
0: no no king. It's like we all know there's a someone doing it. And as long as it's working, we're all cool with it. And there's a suggestion box or whatever. But like nobody's taking advantage of it because uh, we don't know who the power is.
1: That's true. And you can still be a stand up comedian. I would be a stand-up comedian. Would you still comedian. do stand-up if you God. were a benevolent dictator? Um, Would I would I still do stand-up if I was a benevolent? No. <laughs> what? Absolutely. I would not have time to do stand-up comedy as a benevolent dictator. Are you kidding me? Stand-up comedy get, is inherently selfish. You could just selfish. do any
0: arena you wanted to as the benevolent no. dictator. See,
1: stand-up comedy, inherently selfish. If I was a benevolent dictator, I could not do that.
0: I sense a sitcom. Um, okay. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much, Irene, for
0: confessing on this podcast. Um, where can people find you?
1: Um, you can follow me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, at Irene underscore 2. That's T-U. Cool. And you can follow this
0: podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and follow me at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you. Have you ever gotten a tampon stuck up there? You ever kicked a man in the balls when he told you how to smile? Ever peed on a guy's face for money? Well, we've got you covered. With enough stories, we'll drown out the patriarchy for good in their own semen. I'm Heather Ann Gottlieb, and this is Dirty Girl, available now on the Hoo-Ha-Ha Podcast Network, or wherever you get your podcasts.